Good morning. It's great to be here with all of you again. It's been a little while. Uh, I would like to start off by saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you. Uh, wow, just amazing that 2020 is gone. 2021 is here. <laughs> uh, how many would want to redo 2020? Yeah. With that, I think of uh, Christmas. Anybody here get what they were hoping for? You don't maybe want to. Yeah, some of you did. Some of you did. I sure did. Uh, how about any of you didn't get what you were hoping for? There's a few more hands there. You bet. You bet. This morning, we're going to be looking at uh, prayers that Jesus loves to answer. But as we think about the gifts that we maybe did receive or didn't receive, I think of my daughter. My eldest daughter, Natalie, she was probably, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. Uh, she loved to read. This girl was a voracious reader. And, uh, and she would sit down and just hours at a time go through stuff. And so we, having this bright idea, let's get Natalie some books, right? Not just a book, but several books. So my wife, she's so awesome. She did some research, uh, looked into this one series that was perfect for that age group for girls especially, and we got her a series of books that like filled this box that were like she's going to spend a day in her room. Oh, it's going to take her only a day to get through all that, but there's so much here. We're like, she's going to love this gift. We were so excited to give it to her. So we're opening our gifts, and, and you know, the biggest, the best one is the last one, right? Kids, you know all about that. And not only that, but this is like the heaviest gift, so it's got to be the best. So we're all bated breath. I'm waiting. My wife and I are waiting for her to open it. And she sits down and she peels that open, opens the box, and there's a bunch of books. We're like, winners, right? We won. And she looks at it. Thank you. Sat down. Ooh. We thought for sure this was the perfect gift. And it took her several months to open the first book. That was tough. We knew what she wanted. We thought we knew what she wanted. Giving it to her felt so good, and her rejecting that gift for a while was so hard. What happened, though, is when she started opening that book, she couldn't put it down. Read through, plowed through that book, and then the next series, the next series, she had them done in no time and loved every minute of it. We knew we were giving her a gift that she would like, but at the time, she didn't know that she would like it. Eventually, she figured that out. Have you ever given a gift that was not received as well as you planned to give it? You see, follow me with this. When what the giver wants to give is what the getter wants to get, the gift is best received. When the giver wants to give what the getter wants to get, the gift is best received. Everybody's happy. You see, I think about it. If my daughter had asked for books, a pile of books for Christmas, and she were to open that box, she would have been ecstatic. She wasn't asking for that, but we gave it to her because we knew there was something more that she could get if she were to begin piecing through that. 
See, sometimes we need to adjust what we're asking for from God to match what he wants to give us in order to find deeper value in what he has to offer. Don't miss that. We ask for all kinds of things, and there's a lot of good things that we need to ask of God. But we don't always get them. I think it's valuable for us to start thinking about, Lord, what is it that you've told us and promised us that we will receive if we ask for them? Sometimes I think of in our life, uh, we've asked God of several things, and for some reason it's just not coming through. Maybe we've asked for good health for ourselves or our family members. Maybe we've needed money, we needed cash, we needed something to keep us going forward. Maybe it's our spouse and, and, and things are not working out or haven't worked it out like you planned on it. Maybe it's a job situation. You, you thought this was going to be the best job in the world and you end up wishing you had something different. Does God really want to give us something verse in the program is Psalm 61.1, and here is a very simple statement that I would like us to look at. Psalm 61.1 says this, Oh God, listen to my cry and hear my prayer. You ever prayed that? Lord, listen to my cry and hear my prayer. Hear what I have to say. And I promise you, when you pray that, God hears you. And now we ask for something. Does he really want to give us something? I want to say yes, he absolutely does. I'm going to go through several different verses. If you're able to follow along, I encourage you to do so. If not, uh, feel free to jot these verses down and take a look at them when you have time. John 15, verse 7. I'm reading out of the NLT, the New Living Translation. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted to you. Anything you want. You see, when God's give equals our get, we'll receive. When God's desire to give equals our request, he's happy to give. What if there are things that we can come to God with and request while being confident that he hears and that he will answer? There are several, and it would take much longer than one sermon from me or from Pastor Mike to be able to portray and give you the things that God calls us to pray for. It's going to take more than one sermon. And so forgive me if, if you feel a little bit overwhelmed. Today we're going to go through three Three simple prayers that, as, that Jesus loves to answer. First one, Jesus loves to answer prayers for wisdom during trials. Turn to James chapter 1 for me. James chapter 1. Now remember, James is the brother of Jesus. And it's interesting, he calls himself the slave of Christ, not the brother of Christ. His validation is not in his familial relationship. His relationship with Christ is about being a servant to his own brother. So he writes this in chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, anybody can say we're in some troubles? 
I think we can say we're in some troubles. So I think he's speaking to us here today. When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why? Verse 3, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance hasn't had a chance to grow. So the result is, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I want to be able to need nothing. In trials especially. And he connects this. If any of you lack, any of you need wisdom. Need wisdom. It has to do with the trial. You need wisdom in the trial. I need wisdom in the trial. He says, if any of you need wisdom, ask our generous God who will give it to you. It's a promise to us from God. If you pray for wisdom, he will give it to you generously, it says, without measure. You see, there's a couple characteristics of wisdom that is important for us to recognize. First of all, wisdom is subtle. It's subtle. It's like it kind of it sneaks up on you. You don't recognize wisdom when it's hitting you in the face, okay? It's one of those things that, that you're praying for it, and it just somehow you're now talking to somebody else, and you understand something you didn't understand, and it's coming very clear as very wise. You see, it's more obvious to others than it is to you. Not only that, but wisdom goes ahead of you. Here's what I mean. So you're going through a situation, you've been able to work through how to, how to treat these trials in a wise fashion. Pretty soon others around you are seeing how you're handling these things. And they're looking to you and saying, I, I want I want to know how to live the way you live in these trying times. How do you do it? See, wisdom goes ahead of you, and it it draws others near for help. As a kid, I remember going through, in 1 Kings, uh, it's Solomon. Remember Solomon? Uh, We know him as the wisest man that has ever lived. And, and Solomon, uh, he comes to the Lord, actually the Lord comes to him and says, Solomon, I see that you love me, and I'm willing to give you anything you want. You ask anything, I'm going to give it to you. And Solomon, in his wisdom, he, he said, Lord, I just want to, be able to, I want to be able to govern well and be able to discern right from wrong. That's all I want from you, Lord. I don't want all this other stuff. I just want that. And God, in his great grace, gave him that wisdom and gave him so much more that the wisdom produced. As a kid, I remember going through that story and just praying, Lord, would you just give me wisdom? Would you give me wisdom? Because I just want to be wise and I want to discern right from wrong and I want to have the courage to be strong in those decisions. I still pray that for myself. I'm not there. I pray that over my kids almost nightly. Lord, would you give them wisdom and give them courage to choose the right things? Jesus says that he's going to give it to us. I feel like we're in these days where extreme wisdom is needed in order to be an effective witness for Jesus. If you're still recently, maybe you're recently going through a trial or still going through a trial, I think most of us are. What do we do in these trying times? We pray that the Lord will give us wisdom 
in this trial. So that's the first prayer we can be praying that the Lord Jesus loves to answer. Second prayer. Prayer for unity. Prayer for unity. Again, I'm going to jump through a few of these verses to, to show us that it's woven through Scripture, this goal of unity. Romans 12, verse 5 says this. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We are to be united as one. Next one, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Again, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Many parts, one, united as one. Another one, Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 28. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Prayer of unity. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Are we getting the picture? Ephesians 4, verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. See, this is an interesting one because it's saying that maintenance of unity is an active process, not a passive one. If, if unity is to be maintained within the body of Christ, we have to be active about it. It's a maintenance thing. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar, but I, uh, I have a business. Uh, it's J.D. Carpentry, and, and I do a lot of maintenance work for people. Oftentimes, I'll come to somebody's house because their door's not working right, or their windows are leaking, or there's something going on. And over years, as you probably know, things wear out, and especially much faster if you're not maintaining it. You see, unity is kind of like that, where if we're not actively working toward unity in the body of Christ, it will wear out and fall apart. Paul is telling us here that we need to be active in working toward unity. As a matter of fact, if we go back to John chapter 17, this is Jesus' prayer that he, he is praying for us before he sees the cross. John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. says this. I, Jesus, am praying not only for these disciples which are around him at the time, but also for those who will, who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be, all be one, unified, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you, and may they be in us so that, listen to this, so that the world will believe that you sent me. You see what, what happened here? What happened here is that Jesus is telling us that as we are united in your church and you're united together seeking unity, that the world outside sees that as something foreign to them. And it's a draw. 
that the world around would see this unity, this crazy unity, and say, I want something there. They have something I don't have. I need it. You see, what unity can do is, is fantastic. It's amazing. Max Lucado says this. <clears throat> he says that unity creates belief. Disunity fosters disbelief. Nowhere, by the way, he says, are we told to build unity. We are simply told to keep unity. Lastly, unity does not need to be created. It simply needs to be protected. So the prayer for unity, Jesus wants us to pray to him that we might be united. But the thing is, is unity, the word itself starts with you, and the fact of unity starts with you and starts with me. We quickly, quickly go to uh, thinking of how somebody else has really stirred the pot, right? Somebody else is creating disunity. But we don't think about how God might be using us. It's important and it's valuable to be thinking about how God might use you to foster unity among his people. So the first prayer Jesus loves to answer is wisdom for trials. Number two would be unity among his people. And number three, third and final, everybody with me still? Yeah? Good, good. Third one, harvesters. Is there anyone here who used to or currently works on a farm? Anybody? Yeah, several of you. I worked on a farm for a while, and I'll tell you, it's hard work. It's hard work, and you, get very, <laughs> you don't get paid well most times as a farmer. You've got to love what you're doing to be a farmer. It's amazing the amount of work that's involved. We live just south of Fish Lake, and our neighbor is Dan Hartog, and that guy is an amazing farmer. Uh, he plows the land, and he, and, and he uh, harvests the corn right next to our property. What a great, great man he is. So Dan, just this year, he taught his daughter how to drive the tractor. Not just drive it, but actually start to plow the ground and do some work. Because Dan's got some family members that are aging that are farmers. And he knows that he's got to be helping them to be able to succeed in what they're doing. And so the only way that he can do both things is if he multiplies himself so that the harvest can come in as it's supposed to. He had a high yield this year, and he had a lot of help, which has been fantastic for him, and he'll be able to have help into the future, which is fantastic as well. See, when the harvest is ready, harvesters are needed to bring in the yield. Jump back to Luke chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 2. Jesus instructed his disciples. He says, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. Jesus is commanding his disciples to be praying for the lost to be found. Would, would you pray, disciples, he's saying, pray that more of you will be created, that more of them will be reached. He's telling his disciples to pray that. I think he's telling us to do the same. You see, Jesus is telling us that the harvest of souls is ready. 
We need more spiritual farmers. My question to you, friends, do we see that the harvest is ready? Are we aware of the corn that's ready to be picked in the souls of people? Do we realize that during this COVID pandemic and the governmental confusion, there are people who are seeking for truth? My friends, I encourage you, look around. You'll see it. How many people are missing the truth of the gospel because there are too few workers in the field? Maybe your neighbor, your coworker, classmate, friend. So I covered three wisdom and trials that we can be praying. Jesus loves to answer wisdom and trials, unity among his people, and harvesters. We're going to take a moment here, and I would like us to just take two minutes of silence. And here's what I'm going to be asking us. I think the Lord may want to lay lay one of these three maybe on your heart. One of these three. He might be calling you specifically to pray how to handle these trials you're facing in life. How do I have wisdom in these times? Because we lack wisdom in this chaos, and I need wisdom to move forward. Maybe he's prodding you to work toward unity as far as it depends on you. Maybe it's forgiving somebody and that's going to create workings toward unity. Maybe it's, maybe it's admitting that maybe there's a wrong that you did toward another. Or maybe you just need to lay aside the differences for the sake of unity. I don't know. Maybe the Lord is laying the unity portion of this on your heart. Maybe he's compelling you to pray for more people to work in the fields of the soul. Now, I, I want to caution you. There's two things to consider when praying that prayer. Number one, when we start praying for something, we're going to be looking for it, right? So we're going to want to watch and see who might God be bringing to, to, to be workers in the field to bring the harvest, okay? The second thing is be ready because God might be calling you to be a worker in the field for the harvest. So again, we're just going to take, I'm going to take two minutes and just, we're just going to have quiet Silence, it might be easier or harder at home. I don't really know. But we're just going to have two minutes. I'm going to get the timer going here. And just ask the Lord, Lord, would you lay on my heart just one of these three things that I know you want to fulfill through me? Let's start now.
done. Anybody here have a sense that the Lord laid one of those deeply on your heart, that you have a direction over the next week? Anybody willing to or have an admission that, yeah, that's something the Lord has laid on my heart? Yeah, very good. Well, just because we finished our two minutes here doesn't mean that it's done. It means that you'll have opportunities this week to be praying, Lord, what, what of these three, maybe there's different ones, do you want me to be praying for? Because God has gifts ready to give. And, and if we ask for those gifts, he's ready to, we're ready to receive it. Receive it as a gift. You see, if God were to answer your prayers in 2021, there are a few things that might happen. You see, this community uh, in Mora and beyond would be full of people who are bringing wisdom to the midst of the trial that we're in. There would be more and more people living with wisdom during these trying times. You see, if the Lord answers these prayers here, uh, the people of Emmanuel will be known for their fierce adherence to unity within the body of Christ. Doesn't that sound fantastic? You see, others will want to know what's going on with this unity that's happening here. And they're going to be drawn to it like flies to light. Moth to a light? Moth. Moth is better. Flies to something else. We're not going to go there. You might actually also see God raising people up to do greater work than you could ever think of or imagine for his glory. Doesn't that sound incredible? Doesn't that sound incredible? Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? If the Lord has put on your heart to, uh, to pray for the harvesters, uh, something that was challenged to me a while back that I would love to extend this challenge to you as well. Um, something as simple as, as setting your, your uh, alarm, one of your alarms during the day on your phone, uh, for 10.02. Uh, we read Luke 10.2, so 10.02 a.m. Uh, and when it goes off, just a simple prayer, Lord, would you bring the harvesters because the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. We need more workers to reach the harvest. So if you are up for this challenge, if that's something that the Lord has put on your heart, uh, I want to encourage you to consider doing that because it's a, it's a prayer that Jesus loves, loves to answer. Jesus wants to answer our prayers. Let's ask him for things that he definitely wants to give. Let's ask him for wisdom, unity, and harvesters. When we pray for something specific, something happens. We begin looking forward to receiving that gift. Would you pray with me? Father, we've just scratched the surface of many, many options, uh, many things that you desire to give to us. Lord, would you, would you just compel us to be seeking your heart that we would ask for the things that you desire to be done? that we'd be sensitive to your spirit, that we'd be guided by your love and your goodness? Would you show us your will and your ways? Give us courage to do the difficult as we desire to live for you. Give us wisdom in these trials that we're in. Lord, would you give us unity that is just extravagant? and fulfills the prayer of Christ himself. Lord, would you raise up harvesters to reach the world at large? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to this message from Emmanuel Baptist Church in Mora, Minnesota. For more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.emmanuelmora.com or on Facebook by searching for Emmanuel Mora. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you'd like to partner with us in our mission, consider giving financially to our ministry. You can conveniently give right from your mobile device by texting any word to 320-313-1950. There are options for one-time giving or recurring gifts on a schedule that you set. Thanks again for listening. Emmanuel Mora, Knowing Christ and Making Him Known.